Just one more banner and I can go home. Why can't they send someone to help me next time? Hey, what are you doing up here? What? Who are you? How did you get up here? I'm Checkers. This is Mango. That's Junior. Why are you standing on a ladder? Well, um, I'm Nathaniel. I'm tying these banners up here for the day of return. I drew the short straw this year and, well, here I am. Seems hard. Do you want help with this one? Oh, well, sure, if you're... Oh, wow. Oh, you're sticking to the wall. Oh, hmm. Okay, I'm done. Well, thank you. You've helped me immeasurably. How can I repay you? Don't worry about it. I got what I wanted already. Bye. Oh, well. All right, then. What a strange little fellow. Hmm. Where did the rest of my rope go? Thanks for coming in. We're we're Reckless Attack, and I'm Nathan. <laughs> Hi, Nathan. Pull up a chair. Yeah. After last week, I was so you're Nathan. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow. The legend. Um. After last week, I was so I I said the the we are a blah 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 podcast incorrectly. Now it's just now it's in my head. Now I'm in my head. Right. I'm going to get it wrong. Okay. Okay. <sighs> I'm sorry for calling you out like that. <laughs> no, 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 no. It needed to happen. But I got inspiration, so I'm not that sorry. <laughs> Branding is important. Hi, we are Reckless Attack. We are a fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons actual play podcast. Yeah, is that right. Yeah, is we that did right? it. We got uh, it. I honestly have no idea. I, I always thought I it was Dungeons and Dragons fifth edition. I think it is actual actually, play. As podcast. soon as I said it out loud, I was like, I think this is it, wrong. It's like when there's a word and the letters are jumbled up, but right. you can still read it. We already made that joke about right. it. Exactly <laughs> that, though. But like, that's how the phrase works for me. Is that like? It all as long as the words are there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, regardless of what we are, welcome to our table. Mm -hmm. Well, regardless of what we are, that we are that. Yeah. (laughs) That's Uh, it. Again, we are it. I am DM Nathan. Thank you all for joining us on yet another episode of our wondrous, albeit sometimes poorly introduced Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Here to my right, who tried to get us back on and tried to use the nice uh, "welcome to our table" phrasing, is. Hello, everyone. My name is Steve, and I am playing Zelv Esterlin, the Dragonborn Monk. And uh, we got uh, we got some stuff going on. Some stuff, yeah. So, uh, some things, yeah, some things. We'll just we'll keep it generic, so we can use that for future podcasts. So, stuff and things. We've got stuff and things. And uh, to my right, hi, I'm David, and I play Casgrin Brightmane, a dwarven warlock who has had a fun morning of haggling, but is now. <laughs> Embroiled in stuff and things. <laughs> and to my right, some of Checkers' favorite things are stuff and things. So I think we're on a good good track here. Hi, I'm Jonathan, and I play Checkers, the Grung Druid, and his trusty frog pals, Mango and Junior. Uh, he's having a great time and is not really sure what everyone's so worried about. So we'll find out later. But to my right. Hi, I'm Sophie, and I play Valeska Carter, the human asterisk cleric of the Arcana Domain who's discovered stuff and things. Yes. And then <laughs> has rushed 
to tell the rest of the guild this stuff and things. It's been a lot of rushing for <laughs> yeah. Val. There was like a little bit, I wouldn't say, I don't know if it was a rush to get to the library. It was a excited jaunt. Yeah, I was going to say, it's almost like, uh, not literally, but like a skip. You yeah. know, a skip in her step kind of going like, we. Like the day was bright, she was finger gunning at people. <laughs> <laughs> wow, look at all these cool decorations. I wonder what these, this all stuff is for that they're yeah. putting up around the city. And then it was full panicked, sweaty rush. <laughs> oh, yes. no. Um, but, but still remembered to reshelve books. Yes. You have to. <laughs> that is so ingrained, like yes. muscle memory. Like a Marine can disassemble and reassemble a rifle in five seconds. Val knows. <laughs> that books need to be put away. <laughs> yeah. And, and proper book can, care is essential. Deshelve yeah. and reshelve books. Yeah. <laughs> if we don't have that, we have anarchy. Yeah, right. right. We like, have nothing. What city is there to save? Yeah. If we, if, at the basis level, we cannot put our library books away. It's like the putting your shopping cart away yeah. of libraries. You, you have to do it. Yeah, the, all the books are in the same spot, but you can't find anything. <laughs> yeah, it's all wrong. Uh, what, you ask, listener, who hasn't listened to any episodes of Reckless Attack before this, <laughs> right. and I don't know why, but well, whatever, we welcome you, or just it's been a week and you haven't listened to it in a bit. Um, why was why was Val rushing around, you might ask? Well, Val, why were you rushing around to get back to the Guild Hall and to inform the rest of your guildmates about all this cool library time that you had? Val, in the back of her mind, is sad she didn't get to show everybody her library card. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> yeah. Because well, she does understand priorities. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, ahead of that, she had to tell her guildmates all of the horrible things she discovered about the Mothman mm-hmm. and its impending mm-hmm. doom mm-hmm. upon the city. Yes. Stuff and things. <laughs> Stuff <laughs> and things. I, let me make a quick note as a possible... Um, <laughs> Episode title. Episode title. I, I, I made a mental note of like, well, that's going to be a future general store name is Stuff and Things. <laughs> yes. Some bad news. Well, at least some some information, we'll say. Some dire information, but information was gained about the horrible creature or creatures that have been stalking the streets, mostly of Agmar, over the last several days. We won't get into that right now because there is probably someone who has just arrived at your guild hall who would be very interested in at least the basics of this information. And that is Vina Calvetta, head prefect of the Red Guard. So essentially the head of the guard here in the Red City of Agmar, a handsome, tall, good looking woman, again, dark complected, wearing this very well kept armor. She has a shield, but also has a war hammer on her back, and all of her hair is in dreadlocks. And uh, she looks around for a moment and asks, may I come in, please? Val gestures her arm and, like, leads her through. Do we let Vina in the map room or the conference room? Conference room A. (laughs) And Kaskrin would recognize her. Exactly. Uh, And Kaskrin is probably the only person who would recognize her from this, and she hasn't fully introduced herself yet or anything. Um, yeah. or I, think she, I think she, she said she did her say, name, yeah. but Kaskrin knows her status. Like, she, he knows what being a head prefect of the guard means. Yes. And so, you know, almost immediately, as, as everyone's like looking around this map, Kaskrin like snaps to like a mental attention and is like, Vina, of, of course, of course, come in this way, this way, and, and ushers her to the, the conference room. Excellent. And she steps 
into the building. Um, I'm actually imagining even that she has maybe not even a shield, but has like a helmet kind of like tucked under her arm in kind of very classic, Mm -hmm. almost military fashion uh, that you would see some town guards carry around and would be gestured in and wouldn't would, you know, would kind of nod at you guys, Mm -hmm. but would not even say anything until getting to wherever it is that you you led her. Mm-hmm. This is good timing. We have <laughs> something to discuss with you as well. Yes. Why don't Why don't you take a seat? And why don't you tell us what you need from the golden tree? So you all gather around in your meeting room, uh, your conference room, I should say, rather. Uh, it's labeled, you know, it has the sign outside, so I should be sure to call it the right thing. We'll put the little flag up outside to indicate yes. that the room is in use. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. She sits down with all of you, you know, kind of almost weirdly at the exact time, like waits for you guys, but doesn't, you know, but sits down exactly as you guys do. And she puts her helmet down and kind of puts her war hammer to the side, kind of head down, standing straight upright. And uh, and she says, uh, well, thank you. I, I appreciate it. I am certainly interested in anything that you have to tell me. I apologize for not coming by sooner. I enjoy trying to visit the guilders who come into the city. We have a nuanced relationship, but a try to keep a positive one. You are, as far as we view it, a valued member of our community and a valued member of the ways that we keep our city safe. So I apologize for not stopping by sooner, but I will explain myself as to why I haven't been here. I also want to say thank you for all of your help and your diligent reporting of these attacks over the last several nights. I'm sorry to hear that you have been victims of this creature as well as defenders, but I wanted to formally extend my appreciation to you already a few days in to the city, and you have several guardsmen and a caravan guild member who have all individually vouched for you. So I feel confident, not just in your place in the city, but in talking to you about what I'm about to speak to you about. Of course, it was only our duty. First, I don't know if you had other things that you were working on, but it sounded like you had some amount of information. I do as well, of course, but if this pertains to the creature attacking the city and you were willing to share what you had I would appreciate it and would be happy to partner with you in disseminating that information or throwing whatever resources that we can at it. And Kaskrin, like we are at the table, <laughs> gives everyone that that look of like, are we okay to share this information with her? And Or it's more like, we, she needs to know this. She needs to know what we found out. Quick vibe check. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Insight check. I think all, never a bad instinct <laughs> in D D. Guidance. Twenty-one. Okay. The read that you get, especially with that good of a roll, she seems totally forthright. Almost almost notably forthright, where she's making it like she's almost being political in a way if that that's a that's a bit of a loaded term but you can tell the way that she's speaking she's trying to frame everything in a very calculated specific way while being totally honest totally transparent okay just before that we need to know what the celebration is that is being decorated 
throughout the city. Um, uh, all right. Uh, it, uh, your, it is important. Uh, all right. It is the day of returning. It is a celebration that we hold here. It commemorates the first return back to Agmar of the people from Refuge. Kind of a refounding day of the city. It's a lovely festival. Some people go out to Refuge uh, in the days afterwards to kind of do a, a pilgrimage. But in the meantime, there's there's gatherings, there's uh, food stalls, there's celebrations. I've heard that there might be fireworks this year. Uh, I'm sorry. And she almost like catches herself and realizes that like you, you probably didn't need to know that there were fireworks happening <laughs> and that that wasn't really that important of information but she and she says um yes it's um it happens every year it's three days away or so um why why do you ask Selv will will kind of gesture towards val if you want to start and then i guess we could just start explaining and we can fill in what we were just brainstorming a, a few minutes ago val will actually uh, have Cass take the lead on this conversation and have him relay okay. most of the information as a more military report. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Again, doesn't it can be in character or it can just be like the bullet points, whatever you guys all feel interested. Yeah. Just like no. in character, exactly. Val would have Cass take the lead. Cassgrin puts his hands together as he is sitting down at this table, you know, getting ready to explain everything that the golden tree has been through to Vina, both on the path here and in their days intervening. Val will cast mind link to cast, just like feed him information that he's not <laughs> yeah. saying and right. remind him of things. Well, and you only Maybe had like beef him up and you only had so much time to yeah. really mm-hmm. just vomit out all the like 12 books you read in like six hours yeah. that, you know, to, to pass on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have recently discovered that this creature, the Mothman has, as you know, been the instigator of a series of attacks yes, in um, the Red City of Agmar. We found out that this creature may have been summoned here by some person or persons, and the attacks that have been happening are leading up to perhaps something to do with the day of returning. We know that all of the people that were able to see this creature mm-hmm. and the people that this the Mothman attacked will be present at the disaster that it causes, that it heralds, which, like I said, we suspect to be the day of returning, this festival mm-hmm. coming up in the next handful of days. Do you suggest that we, and this is, of course, a, a weighty step, but I'm only asking for my own clarification do you are you suggesting that we postpone these activities that we cancel them outright? Will that avert the disaster? Will that protect the people? It is unclear, but from the research that we found out that preventing the event that will be the disaster um has dire consequences later on. It's as if there is a build up of this fear and pressure that then explodes in something more catastrophic later. And Val will feed into Cass's brain like the information on how best to stop it yeah. is defeating it at the at the disaster. At the disaster. Yeah. And, and Cass tell, will tell Vina, it seems actually the only way, maybe the best way to defeat this creature is to 
hold the event and mm-hmm. defeat the creature when we can detect it there. If we are able to stop it the moment before it triggers whatever it's going to do, that may be the only way to stop it once and for all. So if your theory is that whatever happens, whatever this creature will cause or manifest or is the herald of, if it happens at this festival, which makes sense from what you have told me, do you have any ideas of what it might be? Anything that we can be on the lookout for? Anything that our guards should be aware of? Well, we know about the fears that it has caused in its victims. Yes. And in the most recent attack, we have noticed that it mm. emits a certain sound. We know that for one person, it induced claustrophobia, a fear of being confined in closed spaces. Yes. We know for someone else, it induced the fear of being alone, a third person, the fear of the dark, and a fourth person, the fear of something, of losing something, something coming out of of them. Lastly, so we, we know about it inducing the fear of heights. Mm, yes. I believe I've read all of those in the various reports that you had contributed to. Does that, do you have any guesses that stem from that? It- we know the last attack also was associated with the sound of a bell or a gong. And all this is to say... We think that the disaster is going to be one or many of the bell towers falling, perhaps on the people during the day of returning. It seems to line up with the fears that were caused, being Mm. trapped, being hurt, being alone. So that may be something we'll want to keep an eye out for. Hmm. And she sits there again and just kind of furrows her brow maintaining like almost so still that it looks like she is a statue for a moment Mm -hmm. and then looks up at you all and then says this is all very useful information um of course we will want to double check all of this before making any sort of decisions um and i would appreciate any guidance that you're able to to offer Bell slides the ticker tape across the table. Like these are all my reference books. Uh oh. Um. Uh, th- thank you. I-, I appreciate it. I will have uh, some of our investigators pull these books and uh, and begin right away. So, here is my idea, and please, I want this to be an open exchange of thoughts and of strategies. For now. As much as I hate to do it, as much as it screams against every bit of training and every instinct I have, the festival will carry on until information tells us otherwise. Mm -hmm. Further, if it is inevitable regardless, and maybe better if it is inevitable, and you can tell she's like really struggling with this, perhaps... It is best if we keep it relatively secret. Certainly, keeping an eye out for this monster, which we have been already, but to continue patrols, paying close attention to bell towers, but saving too many, too much of the populace. I would concentrate on a bell tower that is 
would have the most amount of people either in or around it. Yes, there are a few in the museum district, a few near the church, and the courtyards near the Ruby Citadel, and near the Waveless Lake and the stills, that I think most of the festivities will be going on, but... That's very spread out. Yes. One thing that we should investigate is who may have summoned this creature. Yes, that is a separate question and an important one. Who would be against the day of returning? Who was upset that people returned to Agmar? She pauses and she thinks, she says, no one that I'm aware of. Not, not really, not to this level. Can I roll an insight check on that, actually? Of course. 15. Yeah, she seems to, to be telling the truth. She's considering a lot of options and is kind of deciding. Probably she can safely answer no one obvious, if that makes, if that distinction makes sense. Okay. And I, I will also ask her, too, do you know if the council has any enemies that perhaps someone in Agmar would want to, to get rid of them? The council of Agmar is made up of many different walks of life and people, ancestries. But in the course of governance, enemies are certainly made. It is only so much my job to be aware of that. They have their own security detail to an extent, and we work with them. But again, to the point where someone would summon something as terrible as this, that is an order of magnitude higher than I'm aware of. Anyone who I can think of would have civic disagreements, but people come to Agmar for a return to normalcy or for a future or for you name it. But this, to me, does not strike me as any of the people who are upset at the city or upset at the council. So um, Selv is going to try to, and I don't know if you want me to roll for this, but subtly kind of indicate to Val that he wants her to use MindLink. And I, I, I think I... I as I, for, Sophie, yeah. have picked up this... <laughs> hand gesture at yeah, yeah, the yeah. table yeah yeah so if you do i do okay so you you hear uh in your head you hear self ask mm, were any of the pentarchy known as the shepherd uh no no you, no. you would you would know you would know that yeah like that, that's you that, I would ask. yeah and, <laughs> and probably honestly all of you would be aware i mean it could be a nickname certainly but in terms of like the main titles no, definitely okay. not. Okay. So I've got a question. Earlier you said there were going to be fireworks at the fe- at the festival. Now, I don't really know what fireworks are, but I think I'd be a lot more effective at stopping the Mothman if I had a whole bunch of them. Uh, Vina, just please know. <laughs> come, uh, on, come on, Val. It'll be great. I know what fireworks are and no, it will not be. <laughs> uh, she just like looks at you guys as you go back and forth. And then just uh, kind of like uh, puts her hand on the table very like calmly. And she says, well, I will let you discuss your plans for, well, 
perhaps I assume too much. You have already done the city great services in investigating, in patrolling, in keeping us abreast, and of course, in combating this directly. Yeah, I'll kind of hold up my hand to her and I'll, I'll say, I, I believe we are all in agreement that we will see this through to conclusion. And she nods appreciatively in a, in a way almost a little beyond her kind of stoic demeanor and just looks at you all and says, uh, that is great news. Very helpful. And we can work through some of the details of that. We will approach this as if that is the case, that this is the disaster that we will be facing. And of course, we'll keep one another abreast if that changes. I will be, again, using some of my resources and potentially calling in other scholars or, or leveraging the use of the library to make sure that that happens. But that brings me to the issue I came with. And this, much like what we already talked about, I will not order you or compel you to keep quiet. That is not how I like to do things. But I would ask you to use your discretion. And to note that despite we have no prior relationship, I have come to you and asked your trust and appreciate what you can give me. I have heard that when you entered the city, you met a member of the Bones. Uh, it was the fortunate, I believe. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Then you are familiar with the Bones, at least familiar enough. They are our shield against much of the outside world. Agmar is a magically protected city in ways that many of us still do not understand to this day. But it only does so much. And the presence of their undead nature mixed with their impressive fighting capabilities allows them to patrol the area outside of the city and remove certain obstacles or at least keep us aware of when something might be coming. However, these missions take them far and I like to leave them to their own devices and determine what they believe to be best. The shield the head of the bones, who I have a very good relationship with, came to me and told me that, and this is where I would ask your discretion, that a member of the bones returned without the rest of their patrol, untethered. Now, that was the shield's word for it. I had not heard it before. And, well, as you know, the undead are known for a certain temperament and a certain hunger and hatred of life. The bones do not express any of that, but this member did. Apparently came back wild, frenzied, and alone. Now, when members of the bones go missing, we have a standing policy not to send additional members of the Bones out to try and retrieve them. Simply because it is easy, a little easier to manipulate the undead than it is mortals with things that dominate, that influence them, and whatnot. And they are very precious and we cannot make more of them. But with the attacks that are happening 
and the increased security that we need to have, especially as things ramp up. I don't feel comfortable sending any of my guards out. One of the other adventuring guilds who I would usually partner with is out and unavailable. I do not have a relationship with the Verdant Wave, who came in on the same day as you. I do not know if you know them. And while I do not have a relationship with you, you seem, again, to have already made impressions on those you have encountered. And so, I ask you if you would venture outside of the walls of the city and try to find what happened to this patrol of bones. Because if it is something that threatens some of the bones, it could threaten all of them, and we can't afford to lose them all. And now, a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by A Foul Light Shines, a new free serial novel based on a D&D campaign. The Empire of Fire and Water has known 20 golden years of peace since the end of Agenion's War, a peace which is now in peril. When a ragtag group of friends intervene in a grotesque monster attack, they're too late to save a wounded man who leaves them with an encrypted journal and the words, Trust no one, Tyre. Can the gang find Tyre, escape the claws of more strange monsters, and uncover the lurking threat to the Empire before it's too late? This story features themes of found family and strength in diversity, and is available for free on Campfire and Royal Road. A foul light shines. Come for the fantasy. Stay for the cheese-obsessed goblin gunslinger. Hello everyone, GM Nathan here, and welcome once more to the mid-roll. This is where I remind you to follow us on all the social medias, particularly on Twitter at Reckless underscore Attack, where we are posting a variety of frogs and memes and frog memes and meme frogs. You can find all our socials by visiting our website at RecklessAttack.com and much more. If you like us, consider supporting us on Patreon. It's one of the best ways to help us grow and improve the show. Early ad-free episodes, level-up talkbacks, and oodles of other stuff await you there at a variety of tiers. Lastly, don't forget to tell a friend if you're enjoying the show, or let us know by leaving a rating or review on your podcatcher of choice. That's all for me. Enjoy the rest of the episode. This comes to us at a tricky time, Fina. I mean, with everything going on with the Mothman, we know that there's going to be nightly attacks. Yes. There have been five attacks so far. And as best of my research says, it will attack on the seventh day. But I'm thinking, can we even afford to leave the city at this point, knowing that these attacks that people are going to be hurt mm-hmm. every night until then. <clears throat> there are guards that know what to look for now. They might be able to protect the city from the creature if we decide to go out and investigate this um, 
untethering of the bones. Right, I mean, it's not like we really get anything if we stop it on the sixth night, right? We only really care about stopping it on the seventh night. That's when we actually kill it. And Checker says that knowing full well that someone someone will be attacked on the sixth yeah, night. Yeah, right, <laughs> yeah. That is true, but... We did get lucky that one of our patrol was there to stop the thing last night. But it is a large city, and we don't know where these attacks will be happening. Even if we were here, it is more likely that one of the regular patrols would encounter the creature. We just have to make sure that we are back here to stop this thing on the last night. Clarification question for you, Nathan. Is it seven attacks, and then the eighth night is the disaster? So... I don't. I don't remember. Did I? I don't remember if I said it sp- a specific number or not. Oh, okay. Um, but I, Sophie, pick seven. <laughs> but, but there are there. I think I, I think I did say that it is three days until the festival. Yeah. yeah. So it is tonight. It is tomorrow night, and then it is festival. Mm-hmm. So, so so seven. <laughs> no, there's five attacks. Oh, okay. So, okay. That would be eight. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Val will ask Vina. Do you know where that patrol? was how far out they went my understanding and the shield has agreed to meet with you to answer any additional questions and even to if it, you think it be it would be useful to observe the untethered member of the bones who is being kept under guard outside the walls of the city but my understanding is that it was several hours outside of the walls. Now, depending on what you see, depending on how quickly you get there, depending on what sort of obstacles you encounter, it could be as simple as you are able to return tonight, or you may be gone until morning. I don't have all the details, and those that have more details than I, I doubt could give you even that sort of answer, unfortunately. I think it is close enough we can investigate it. I think Self is right. I think an untethered army of bones is a disaster waiting to happen. And and investigating a spooky undead mystery, that sounds fun. I just, we've been here, we've been next to someone who's been attacked by this creature every night since we first got into the city. And I just, I feel like if we leave, there's going to be nothing stopping them. I know it's, I know it's a big city. Maybe it's just irrational, but I, it feels like by leaving the city, we're leaving someone here to die. Idea. We stop whatever's happening tonight and then leave right afterwards. We should be back by the next night. Eh? <laughs> Checkers is probably is more used to staying up probably for longer periods of time, maybe than, than <laughs> irresponsibly yeah. standing, staying <laughs> up than Caskrin might decide to. Um, so he he views like a two day journey as like a perfectly reasonable thing to just stay awake for. Val's pulled a bunch of all nighters in the <laughs> library. There's like some like you know the mental math of yeah. like if we're gone two days and and we have to stay up for this much. We'll be we'll be yep. will we be awake enough for the final day? And it's just like town guard Caskrin, yeah, is kicking in. It's just like. No, we should go. And unfortunately, I think this untethered 
is a bigger problem than just one person or a handful of people tonight. And you can see Calvetta looks at you as you say that and makes like very, very intense eye contact with you in a hard to say way, but certainly not a disapproving way, yeah. but is, is taking you in, I guess, if that makes sense as you are, as you are working through this decision. Yeah. And he's not, lo- he's not looking at anyone really. Yeah. He, he's just doing this, like, what is the greater good calculation in his head? Uh, and he says, no, we should, we should leave as soon as we can and venture outside the city to, to do this, to investigate. And, mm-hmm. Pray that nothing happens tonight. We've prepared the Red Guard as much as possible. We've given Vina all the information that we have on the Mothman. And your guard will be there tonight. We've ta- we've worked with the SVU and... <laughs> yeah, that Harrison guy seems pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> My hope is that if I can get just a large enough patrol of individuals who are close together and able to react quickly towards whatever, that there will be a high enough number who are both able to react and accounting for anyone who's not able to see this creature or able to attack it fully, that we will be able to overwhelm it with numbers. It is, as you say, a gamble, but also so is an additional four bodies, appreciated and accomplished as they, of course, already are. It is difficult math, but... That is the calculation that I have come up with. I think then as part of something we should do for today is to visit the untethered one and try to get what information we can before setting out uh, outside the walls. And we should also tell Ellerith what we have found. I don't know if there's a particular haste now to go visit the librarian Vina, would you be able to connect with Alareth, the private investigator, and potentially see if the librarian has recovered enough to give a statement? Yes. I am familiar with Alareth, uh, for better and for worse. And uh, yes, I will, as soon as we're done meeting, we'll make sure to send word to him. Uh, do you have an idea where he would be? We were planning to meet at noon to... Um, at the hospital at the medical center yeah okay I will ensure that a guard is there both to inform him and to take whatever statement alongside him thank you question for you Nathan in Val's research would she know how to summon this creature uh no like that is that was in the spells and relics section I mean potentially I mean you don't know anything about the spells and relics section but Nothing that you came across had any rituals or magic of any kind in it. You could maybe try, if you could get permission to go in that sort of an area, maybe. But whether you could get permission, whether your answer would be there, et cetera, et cetera, I don't know. But yeah, it was only like the faintest of hints that, again, not it wasn't even outright said it was that a read between the lines that exactly. could be summoned. Gotcha. Then before we wrap up with Vina, Val will say, I from my research, it was implied this creature could be summoned, and that is what brought it into the city of Agmar, given all of this city's protections. 
I am not privy to the section of the library that probably has the details of that ritual, but it might be something helpful to understand how it was brought here and who might have that capability. I understand. I will connect with the head librarian. We are uh, old friends and can see what can be done. Hopefully by the time you return, if not, you can come and try to try to make the case as well. Thank you. So she looks around at all of you and says, um, happy to answer any additional questions. The Bones will be able to give you a little bit more information. I know that this was a difficult decision for you. I hope that you know that it is also was also a difficult decision for me, even before knowing what I now know and what you all discovered. I wish you success, and I wish you a speedy return to the city. I feel confident that while we will miss you in these next however long however many nights, that you will be invaluable, both to the city and to defending its people that night and moving forward. And then she just kind of looks around at you all. And Selv will uh, give a bow and just say, um, it was a pleasure to meet you. She stands up from the table and extends a hand to each of you and does a, you know, looks you straight in the eye, a straight handshake, picks up her war hammer and exits the building and informs you that you will find the answers you need at the bones barracks outside the main walls of the city. The room is just the four of you once more, four of you plus two extra frogs. You have your next steps. You have at least, you at least know you need to go to the bones barracks where you'll get more information, hopefully at least a spot to head to. What do you do? Checkers spends the rest of the afternoon looking for fireworks. <laughs> as much time <laughs> I, as I, everyone I think we're wait, leaving. Wait, wait, Checkers, <laughs> we're leaving. You can't go running okay, off. Okay, that's fair. Checkers will bemoan the fact that he cannot spend the rest of the afternoon looking for fireworks. Learning about and looking for fireworks. Right, but then we'll probably just like spend some time preparing to head outside the city. And Catherine would actually call for Berga and see if she can help make. She's no? not here. No, where's she going? No. She'd be like... back eventually. Like, but she's off doing errands. Uh, okay, okay, never mind then. Uh, but I mean, you could still, you could easily give yeah. her a list, and she wouldn't be gone like, yeah, infinitely. Is this? Are we leaving like now, or are we leaving like we should. in a couple hours? It's yeah. still it's... like early afternoon. Yeah, we could it's get... like noon. Okay, then yeah, yeah. I think uh, we. I think we. Eat, pack up, and go. Yeah. Yeah. I think the sooner we can get to the barracks, the better. Mm-hmm. Val will go upstairs, put her armor on, mm-hmm. pack up, get ready. It's weird, but I feel much better dealing with uh, those that are walking around but not living during the day. <laughs> yeah, I agree with Selv on that point. <laughs> I think you might be onto something. And it, yeah, Kaskin will like put on his armor, get his weapon, get ready. Because this is going to be... Yeah, because when when they when we leave now, we're not coming back, basically. Oh, we're, we're coming back. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're, yeah. I just not as like now. David's getting it. Yeah. He understands ah. a one way trip. <laughs> so you all scurry about. <laughs> um, eventually, Burger would come back. As uh, hello, is anyone? Is it? Are you home? Yeah. Have you? Oh, you've already Burger. eaten. And would be happy to help and assist in whatever you needed. 
Hody comes by, I suppose, too. Oh, Val would for sure go out. Yeah, and see nobody Hody. leaves without. I thought. I, Hody. I thought your characters would think that. I wanted to make sure your players would. The players remembered that. Um, I mean, I was just here looking up in code thoughts in case we missed Berga. I was just like, how do I express all the things? <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a lot that's happened. Yeah, like, and and, and Berga would actually not require a lot of information. Like she would, of of course, take as much as you were willing to give her, which coming from Bao would be plenty. I would imagine it would be all of it. But Berga very quickly, as soon as she kind of gets the gist that you guys need to get ready to go is listening and is engaging and asking questions, but is like checking things off the to-do list. Question. Might Etris have some things that could help us in our upcoming journey? If you'd like to go ask him, Etris, you, you mean like fireworks? You have not seen <laughs> you have not seen Etris all yeah. day, yeah. but you just know he's probably out in his weird shack out back. I, I guess I'm just I'm wondering like, does he have anything that would might protect against heat or protect against the undead? Or you go ask. Yeah. We'll definitely just like Yeah. Hey. It, <laughs> Okay. Well, I mean, Val would want to say goodbye to Etris yeah. before yeah, right. going off. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Checkers might go and just knock on the, the shed and be like, Etris, hi, it's me, Checkers. Uh, roll me a dexterity saving throw. Uh, <laughs> I was just thinking, I feel like... Ten? <laughs> ten? I feel like we should establish like a... You know that like ring hook game where you... Oh, like, like a series string? of bells? Well, yeah, it's just where like we can stand outside the tiered zones yes. and like get Etris's attention. Like there's a washer that <laughs> yeah. like is on like a, a, a string on a, on or a rope that then hits a bell. Like yeah. you just you whiz it down there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ding, 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 ding. The you are just able, just barely <laughs> able to jump out of the way as the door slams open and again smoke pours out from this poorly ventilated space. <laughs> oh, no. uh, and Etris looks down at you again. Nice and tall, crazy hair, nice, uh, intense scarring on his face. Looks down, is like, "Hey, hey, everybody, you're all, y'all here? Well, um, what, to what do I owe the pleasure to the visit of my humble abode? Oh, is it, is it, uh, is it breakfast time already? Lunch. Val will just hand <laughs> Andrews like a pack of jerky. Like, please eat. This. <laughs> please put something also, in your stomach. Here's some." Here's some water. <laughs> uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Thank, thank you. So it is breakfast. Great. Um, uh, just to, h- hello, friends <laughs> uh, slash coworkers. How are you hey. today? Hi, address. We've just discovered a kind of serious problem outside the city walls that will, pinky swear, never tell anyone have to do with undead. Would you have oh. anything that could help with that? Uh, undead, undead. Okay. Uh, well, okay. Going outside the walls first. Undead, second. Certain death, third. Okay, uh, one second. Not certain, Etris. Certain danger, and he winks at you. (laughs) And the door slams shut, and you hear the whole thing rustle around on, you know, off its hinges and that kind of stuff. (laughs) And glass cracking and all that. And he... Should should we stand back a little bit? Oh, Val (laughs) is at least outside tier. The last tier. (laughs) Yeah, when he closed the door, we all just... Yeah, Yeah, if the door is closed, Val is definitely going completely outside the zones. So... Etris quickly, you know, after rummaging around for a little bit, reemerges and like you see him look to where you were standing and then like slowly pan up and is nonplussed by it. And is like, <laughs> well, of course, they're back there. Yeah. And uh, he walks over and he's holding all some vials in his arms uh, very haphazardly because that's how it does. But you've never seen him drop yet a <laughs> potion. And he walks up to you guys like, OK, OK, uh, so we got a couple of a couple of basics here. 
Now, I, I, I need to ask first and foremost, do you still have the antidiuretics that I gave you previously? I didn't you didn't get them back and that's fine. I'm not keeping an inventory, but that just changes what I might send you off with. I still have mine. I also still have mine. Two out of four is pretty good. That's that's good. That's I, good. I have a potion of anti-venom. I don't know if that was it or not. I will say Checkers doesn't have his. <laughs> <laughs> he asks no further questions. Right. <laughs> he doesn't need to know. That's personal business. Um, and he says, okay, okay. Uh, well, here and here. And he just kind of like leans forward and rolls two potions off and you have to like catch it from him. There's some, uh, some, some, some of your, your minor potions of healing. Those are always good to, to take out, when, especially when you're going outside the city. And uh, then he has just a couple left, and he's like, okay, so here's one. Uh, you want to be very careful with this one. Uh, and he looks around, and... Val takes it I was going to say, he's like trying to... to figure out who it is. Right call. <laughs> uh, and it's like, oh, okay, um, I don't know... I'm not really so familiar with the undead. That's I kind of I slept through a lot of that part of alchemical college, but like fire seems fire seems good. So like throw that and it'll it'll do fire on them. And so that's that's probably One, good. Do fire on them. <laughs> <Potion. Yep. laughs> As an action, I do fire on them. Yes. <laughs> and he like he's like oh, <laughs> uh, and then. Uh, Val, could I just, uh, I, I, this is almost done. Could you just, uh, I need one, um, one little favor. Uh, can you spit in this? Val doesn't ask any questions. She spits in it. Uh, and he looks gleeful immediately and puts a cork stopper on it, like immediately after you oh, spit God. in, like to just like. <laughs> to stop the chemical reaction. To keep it. Exactly. And then he like holds it for a second and he looks at it and he shakes it like crazy. <laughs> and then it like fizzes up and like glows a little bit oh. and then like stops and then holds it and is very still and then slowly reaches out to Val and like ensures you have it yeah. and then like Two hands. takes his hand away. So oh, that should, that should be fine. That's, that's good. That's fine. That's just some, we will call it holy water. <laughs> now legally i have to tell you mm -hmm. that i have to spell holy h-o-l-e-e -E, just for trademark legal reasons <sighs> at least okay. it's not w-h-o-l because then it would be look this is this is holy water <laughs> it's, it's, it's no, just it a vial of water <laughs> i have that i can give it to you it is delicious uh that do not drink it okay it's it's bad for the the undead the unlifed among us. Mm -hmm. Um, it's not it's not good for the lifed either. The, my version. Like, Most of them are fine. That one you don't. No another, baptisms. Another one to be I need thrown. To yes. Be clear. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, thrown. Well, you could do like a pour, I suppose, too, or like a kind of a slosh, whatever, whatever verb. It's, it's more of the contact kind of situation. But you want to get all of it. You don't want a little a little bit. You really gotta. It's a whole Dowsome. process. Exactly. You understand. Mm -hmm. um, those is kind of what I got lying around. I got a lot of got a lot of good stuff cracking. Don't you worry. But that's on short notice. That's what I that's what I can get you. We always appreciate your help, Etris. Sorry. How, was it just one potion of healing or two minor two? potions of two. healing? Okay. One uh, do fire on them and one and one holy, holy water. water. <laughs> so that's what I got. That's what I got. Thank you again, Edris. <laughs> we will hopefully be back 
by latest tomorrow, please eat that jerky and drink some water. And he is just absolutely scarfing. <laughs> Actually, what he has done, he like as he waves, like as you guys are leaving, you see him pouring water in the jerky like oh. bag and then just kind of like mushing it around and then just like sloshing it into his mouth. Uh, it's horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he has rip beer. He can wash it down. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. He seems very happy. And then the door to his shack close slam shut once more. So. The batch of you, you have not gone there, but from the maps that you've received and maybe from a little bit of your wandering are at least familiar with the direction of where the barracks of the bones are. It is located basically how Agmar is set up. There is the main city. There are the giant classic red walls all around that that are thick and gigantic. And then beyond that are some smaller but still sturdy walls. And that is where the where a lot of the most like cultivated crops and stuff are. It kind of just extends out near the rivers and beyond the city. And there used to be people who lived out here and it's a little unsafe and it's kind of no, not necessary to anymore. But there's still farmland and crops and also the barracks. Now, as you guys exit one of the gates, a gate that you have not exited from or gone into or out of, it opens up into these lovely fields that are in full kind of summer growth. And it is very, it's very cultivated and it looks very good. And it almost, these seem like incredibly dense crops or like intense, you know, incredibly um, almost maybe potentially magically potent crops, if potent is a thing you can say about plants, you get it. Mm -hmm. But the exception to this is you see a what appears to be an almost old manor house standing in the middle of all of these fields. You know, kind of a an American plantation style, you know, gothic columns and whatever. And it is fairly run down but is it, the bones are still there no pun intended and in a circle around it is just dead grass extending out 30 feet in all directions huh beyond that totally normal crops and that kind of stuff nothing grows next to this manor house and you go up and you approach it and this strange feeling comes over all of you. And I'm not making you roll for anything, but just there is this unease that creeps into you. And you, you realize you felt it a little bit even when you were with the fortunate, but now you feel it. I want to say, actually, Mango and Junior probably would not go past that line yeah like that seems would, very would, reasonable mango would just refuse to, to cross pass mm -hmm. cross that and then checkers would have to go on by himself mm -hmm. mm, i don't blame you and they just plop there yeah. actually there is a farmer's pond not not too far away <laughs> in case they wanted to hop all the way over in that direction and caskrin will go to mango and say you 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 can stay here we'll be right back <laughs> and it's just like comforting him and petting him as as we leave outside you see a member of the Bones who again are wearing almost like full body Roman centurion outfit with a notably again they all have spears they have shields they have short swords they have like a mohawk helmet and they all have 
bands over their arms where I believe Val knew like a symbol of the pentarchy was uh, just and they always wear it covered one is standing outside it's not one that you recognize and it's weird to say that because they're all wearing the same armor but you can for some like for some inexplicable reason you could be like ah that's that's not one I've seen before and it makes no sense like you're <laughs> it's just almost a weird trick of the mind that you just know oh I don't know that one very interestingly this member of the bones seems to appraise you and stand out of the way of the door as if you are expected and doesn't say anything to you and gestures you to go through the front door as you do once again it is a imagine just a classic used to be a mansion or something again, or a plantation or something there is a beautiful staircase in the middle of a foyer there are sitting rooms all to the side clearly there are who knows how many bedrooms you know all over the place and rooms but it, it there's just it is almost like there's it's not dirty but it's dark in here and not because there's no light it's as if there's a film of something like like dust is everywhere without there being dust if that makes sense where it's like if a photo filter of gray and black Mm -hmm. is superimposed on everything and again that feeling is still there of just like this is uncomfortable I'm not supposed to be here Mm -hmm. (laughs) Val's like fighting every instinct to turn undead right now (laughs) yes within a few steps out steps a large member of the bones who is clad in slightly fancier armor um just kind of stylized it's the exact same thing but there's just a little bit more detail and a little bit more intensity and the main thing is that on the helmet there is an even more stylized skull covering it uh as kind of like a gold plated almost um piece of art mm-hmm. This creature steps forward and looks at you all and says, Hello, I am the shield, head of the bones. You must be the golden tree. It is good to meet you. You as well. And I'll give a slight bow. Thank you for coming to help us. I understand you would like to see the untethered one. Yes, we would. Please follow me. And he takes you behind the stairway. You see that there is another stairway leading down into a basement. The shield starts taking heavy steps, clanging in metal as he goes. Does it look like there are light sources down there? Uh, there are, yes. Okay. Uh, actually, actually, no. What I would say is that he would have he would like almost take matches from somewhere as he goes down and start lighting candles as he descends hmm. and as you guys are walking in and walking down you see on the you know inside rooms just like cots with chests just everywhere and it in rooms that are not bedrooms but just cots and every once in a while you will see a member of the bones that is just sitting there who, you know, maybe laying, maybe reading, maybe doing who knows what, but are just out mm-hmm. wherever. 
As you descend, you get to a locked room. The shield goes up to it and just seems to be a normal door. And he takes a gauntleted fist and raps on the door three times. And you hear a commotion inside. And as if a fight or scuffle is happening. And, you know, you hear these, like, you start to hear these inhuman screeching noises. And gnashing. And all kinds of sounds that defy description. And as it dies down, there is a moment that you all pause. And then the shield, without even looking at you guys, reaches down, grabs the door handle and opens it out towards you and stands to the side so you can all see in. Inside, you see two more members of the Bones, each holding an arm of a... I guess the best way to say it is just a skeleton wearing bits of armor. Its eyes are glowing a bright green and it's kind of emanating this green energy off of it. All the bones. And you see bits of armor that are exactly identical to every other piece of armor you've seen a member of the bones wear. And you see this thing straining, trying to fight and get to you, and its teeth chattering just madly and making a horrible screeching sound as it is fighting against these two members of the bones. And the shield looks at you all and says, this is what they have done to my people. And we'll see you next week, everybody. Oh, Aww. no, the bones. <laughs> the bones. Thanks for listening. Not the bones. <sighs> Not the bones. The bones. It's a no bones day. <laughs> <laughs>